Welcome home. This is the Residency Podcast. I am Jeff Tomasic with Drew Belcher and Lil Raven. Yellow. Bringing you the biggest guests and stories in entertainment business, pop culture, and sports from our brand new studio on the Las Vegas Strip inside the Mandalay Bay. Yes, Make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. This episode is brought to you by Mandalay Bay. All is right in the world because football has finally started again. Do not forget that the Bud Light Beer Garden between Mandalay Bay and Luxor is the only place to enjoy the pregame and postgame for all of the home Raiders games. Tons of food, music, big guest experiences, and we will be there all the time to hang out with you guys. You know the drill. Andrew will yeah, be there I'll a be lot. There. Uh, the hit TV show America's Got Talent has transformed into a live performance showcasing the best of comedy, music, danger, dance, and more. Debuting at Luxor starting November 4th, so make sure to grab some tickets, especially if you're a fan of the show. This will be pretty epic. Uh, and also, NFL legend Terry Bradshaw. Okay. The man. Yeah. The man. Has his own show at Luxor now as well, filled with comedy, storytelling, and music. Terry Bradshaw is just the most entertaining. Sure, he's got some crazy stories. I know, right? Hopefully, he you know does some shirt off like moves that he always (laughs) does on on Fox. Uh, That's now open at Luxor as well, so do not miss that. As always, come see us at our studio inside the Mandalay Bay Sportsbook. Say what's up. You know the drill. We appreciate you. Um, It's Friday. I love Friday. I love recording on Friday. This is like my best, the best feeling. Uh, We're feeling good as always. Another amazing episode. We have UFC Hall of Famer. Proud dad, podcast host, entrepreneur, the California kid. Wow. Uriah Faber, welcome to the show, man. Welcome, hey, man. thanks for having me, guys. What's going on? Absolutely. Well, he's, got, he's got some candy energy going right now, oh, so this man. show is on the way up. I, I can do a little candy. I, I literally had a, a two cups of coffee, and and I don't really do coffee, and I and had some candy, and I don't really do candy because I've been rushing today. So yeah. you're fired up. So, you're yeah. Yeah. I'm in a weird spot. Let's go. <laughs> Good, because we're going to try to get some stories. And we added, a little jitter break. Add, yeah. another, <laughs> add another tally to the list of guests that can kick all of our ass. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Dude. 100%. I'm, I'm trying to sit on the other side. Lowe's right next to him. If he gets mad, that's Lowe's the first one who's getting smacked. We're like three weeks in a row of people that can just whoop our ass. Yeah, for sure. There, there's a weird part of this this uh that that kind of scenario where you can have some girls especially in vegas we just ran into claudia galdega but you guys could probably have quite a few girls in here that whoop all your ass for sure, for sure. we've had, had a few we, we had, had we had charlotte <laughs> flair on here who for sure could whoop all of our ass 100 yeah, superstar daughter oh, Rick that's flair. awesome i mean we, i don't know if i want to go to a list of all the people that can beat us up to start the show off <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. the girls. just the girls <laughs> there's a host full of beta boys getting our asses <laughs> yeah <together>. right <laughs> jesus unbelievable yeah. um by the way i saw on your instagram bio it says california dad has the nickname officially changed from Ooh. california kid to california dad no no i mean okay. hey Maybe. <laughs> you can call me whatever you want. Okay. Just don't call me late for dinner. Okay, there hey, you go. Hey, I like that. Okay. That's a, that's a, that's <laughs> that's a good way to live. It's a good way to live. I mean, I think at one point, I think California Dad, I mean, that's a good yeah. nickname. I that's could like a, that. Hey, I like that. I like that. Yeah, we I can like take that. that. Yeah. A, lot of people, a lot of people would call me that. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in on the dad life. All in on the dad life yeah. now? It's transformed. How old are your kids now? My daughter is two and a half, and my son is 11 months. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. You're in two different worlds. We ha- I haven't reached the... Either of those levels yet. So yeah. if you have any yeah, tips. six months you said, right? Yeah, if you have any tips, just, you know, say the word. You have, you have you a know, playbook to give us? You know, just because I have two two babies that were completely different, I think when you go into uh, other people's kids, they're probably so, so different. Yeah. I probably just keep to myself. Oh, are they very different? Like, Oh, how, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Not, not, to, in a, not in a bad way. They're both no, freaking awesome. Yeah. They're just like Mr. Chill, as I call my son. That's his fight name. Is like. Mr. Chill. Just. <laughs> just kicks it he'll kick it with me he's a snuggler my daughter is like the boss she's like you know boss baby she'll put you on timeout. she'll she's Whoa. gotta go she's gotta go uh potty and she doesn't want you in the room get out dad you know she needs her privacy she's like 
she calls the shots. I love that. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's so funny he says that because it's true. Because it's true. I brought up to my friend, I was like, oh, my son, you know, who's a year and a half, he sleeps 12 hours a night. He's so good. And my boy was like, dude, my daughter hates everything, does not sleep <laughs> at all. Our, we do not sleep as a couple. And I was like, yeah. dude, my bad, dude. That's why, like, if you go to have a second kid and you feel like, all right, yeah, I kind of got this down. You pop a second one out, they're completely different. You just start from scratch all over again. A hundred percent. All right. Just crazy. being on this podcast is the biggest kid deterrent I've ever had. Yeah, so for I'm real. Never it's a lot. By the way, yeah. I love my daughter, but it's 100% an adjust life adjustment for <laughs> sure. So I guess call me the Vegas dad. I'll take that nickname. There you go. Sorry. I like it. Claimed hey. it. Uh, let's go back a little bit. Uh, you started in the WEC, which eventually merged the UFC. What was that crazy transition like at that period in time when the UFC was on a crazy growth trajectory? And life in the w- WEC versus what it came to be in the UFC. Um, so even before that, I was fighting regionally. And so th- those that don't know the mixed martial arts world, there's like tiny little backyard casino, Indian casino, uh, gymnasium fights going on all across the globe and the world oh, uh, in, 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 the, in the nation. And, um, and so I started out on those, right? Indian reservations when the sport was illegal, 2003. Uh, only happening on Indian, Indian reservations at that time. And then it progressed to where there's some kind of leaders. UFC was having maybe three events a year at that time. Oh, wow. And it was uh, just getting a resurgence after being banned off of uh, pay-per-view model. Crazy. Like There was all the politics about Wait, you it. You said it was technically else. illegal at one point? In most states, yeah. Oh, and, that's crazy. And, that's and, crazy. And, and the, the, the owners that eventually sold to William Morris Endeavor, the Fertitta brothers and Dana White, yeah. They're the ones that brought it out of the dark ages. They got the commissions involved. They got, uh, you know, started making some necessary changes to make it mainstream, start spending a lot of money to, to build it up. And so the WEC was one of the regional shows that had been recently purchased by the UFC. So it was a show that was just happening on a, on one casino in, in Northern California, uh, the Tachi Palace. And it was uh, purchased and turned into a Zufa, a, a UFC brand, without many people really knowing that. So I was the Trojan horse for that organization under the UFC's umbrella, and they got a TV deal. They got the marketing team behind it. Right. They used all the wow. resources to build it up. So my WC career was with the UFC pretty much. Interesting, okay. And so the TV deal, the sponsorship deals, everything else, they were just cornering the market. They had two TV deals, two beverage deals, etc. And I was the guy that was the star and the champion at the time. And they were on a brand new station. It used to be the outdoor channel. Then it got changed to versus channel. So at that time mm. versus had like rowing bike, r- outdoor bike riding and like pretty much the worst programming ever. I remember. I remember. It was pretty bad. And then they got, there's all these male channels they tried for a yeah. long time <laughs> on cable. <laughs> Yeah. Whoever's watching people row for this long is Remember Spike TV too? Remember when Spike oh, yeah, TV? Sure, yeah, yeah. 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 Classic. So so then so then I'm I'm a guy on a new station and we're the best program on that station with the WC with the best organization organization, the UFC. And so my rise was because I was the champion and everybody's putting their money into the new station, the new organization mm-hmm. with the old backing. And so I had that quick rise and it was just a matter of time before they merged together, which eventually happened in 2011. But it was my whole career in the WC was under the the UFC umbrella. That's crazy. You got to think about it. if you take a step back, right? And the UFC is really smart because they literally found these kind of off the wall or like backdoor kind Smaller of fight ones, things. Yeah. Go, hey, we're gonna absorb these and then eventually put them all together. It, it's the 
the yeah. game plan not and seeing that vision not, is wild. Not only the small ones, but they actually they took, they bought Pride, they bought Strike Force. Oh wow! Yeah, Strike Force was huge. Yeah, they bought, was huge. I don't know if they bought Elite XC. Um, they were they were buying up, buying up the, uh, the the competition. But Pride was was neck and neck with the UFC for a long time. I do remember that. Yeah, there was like Japan and that side of the yeah, world. Yeah, but it was more like off offshore, right? Yeah, yeah. for the most yeah, part. It was, yeah, it was all it was. Nothing in America. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. So what was the actual transition officially when you went from, even though it was owned by the W or the UFC, um, the transition from being a WEC star to the UFC, right? Yeah. Because that was a big graduation transition. Right. So two things that were the first time. The first one was uh, Jose Aldo and I fought for the world championship. And he was the champion. I was the challenger at the time. He ended up beating the crap out of my leg. It's if you guys pull that up, it's pretty nasty. Put your, it. Uriah's leg on the internet. Oh, we'll, we'll add it as a clip. There yeah, you go. Pretty, sure. It's pretty <laughs> gross. Slow mo. What phase it is? But uh, that was the first fight where they took off the WEC branding and just made it Faber versus Aldo. And they didn't have UFC branding. They didn't have WEC branding. It was the first time they did a pay per view, and that was the beginning of the merger. The second fight uh, was in New Jersey. My first my first uh, fight in the UFC was against. Uh, Eddie Wineland, and that was them bringing over our weight class for the first time because they hadn't done that before. And then I fought the first championship fight under the UFC umbrella for the 135-pound weight class with Dominic Cruz uh, shortly after that. Crazy. So so it was like a slow process. They knew what they were doing, and it yeah. was like a, like a taking off the branding here, merging like an unbranded thing into a... UFC thing. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it was a smooth when transition. You, yeah, when you, when you were actually fighting, did you feel the difference in in the actual arenas when you went from like a WEC match to a UFC match? For me in particular, probably not. If you look at some of my biggest fights in the WEC, I had sold out arenas. Yeah. And like, you know, there's a clip of Rogan saying, I've never been in a in an arena where, with a bigger response than this. I posted that the other day uh, on my Instagram, actually. And so... It was a little bit different. Just the biggest difference was people gave it the due respect. Right. Because there already wasn't a weight class for me in the W in the UFC at the time. And I was owned by the UFC. So the champion of the world was the WC champion at 125, 135, 145 pounds. Then you had guys that 155 pounds. You had Anthony Pettis and then yeah. Demetrius Johnson, Jose Aldo, Dominic Cruz. All came over, and now you know them as UFC fighters, but they were all the champions at the WC first. Got it. So it wasn't that much of a change other than the respect and the notoriety going Right. On. Yeah. Because that UFC brand at that point was just Huge. on this insane trajectory, right? Yeah. And the business minds, I think, changed the desire and the advocacy advocacy of the sport completely. You 100%. Know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And from, like, like you said, the advertisers, the arenas, all of that bringing yeah. it in, it just starts to grow everything, yeah? Yeah. And, 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 and if you look at why UFC has been so successful, and this is why you look at boxing as a comparison. There's different rule sets as far as the business goes. Right. So the UFC spent a lot of time, and, and Lorenzo and Frank Fertitta and Dana White, you know, get the credit for this. They put money back in for a long time before they saw a profit. And in, in the boxing world, everybody's taking out because there's Single a lot of fights. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Single fights. It's like the fighter gets the money. The fighter gets the money. The promoter gets the money. The venue gets the money. You restart for the next and one. And they restart for the next one. And you know, the promotion for a longer journey on a, on a league is not as, 
as much of a, a concern. Priority. And the yeah. hard thing, hard thing in boxing too, right? Is there's like five different championship belts for the same exact weight class, right? It's not unified. And they go, oh, well, the unified, there's really the like four other boxing, belts, yeah. right? And in UFC, it's you are the bantamweight champ, yeah. right? You yeah. are the welterweight champ. There's no other belts. Yeah, and, 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 and if you look at the, the, the quality of the matchups, if you're looking at the UFC model versus the boxing model, like it makes sense to, they call them fish or cans, or you're feeding Mike Tyson you know, guys that you know for sure, sure. he's going to knock out yeah. quick until because you spot talent and everything else. Like you're getting really good matchups all the way through careers in the UFC. So it, it's it's a little different model. Sure, they probably give a little favoritism here and there, but but there's some some killers versus killers all the way through, which makes sense for a league. You want every match to be exciting, not just the star that you're going to eventually mooch all the money off of yeah you know? especially yeah. now UFC has so many consistent huge matches it's yeah just over and over and over again yeah and they'll do they'll do a great job of matchmaking and putting on these great shows yeah well For speaking sure. of boxing by the way I just saw you posted about the Caleb Plant versus Canelo press yeah. conference uh that got a little out of hand obviously uh what's the most intense pre-fight face-to-face you had at a weigh-in in, weigh in a press conference man you know mine have always been pretty uh pretty mild to write up until the stare down but but you know the stare down for me is like a chance to look into a, a guy's soul you know you're like Sick. you're literally like like is there nerves on this guy is there like you're you're getting face to face and and you get to show them hey i'm not scared motherfucker and i'm gonna hurt you like that's that's kind of the intensity level as far as things getting escalated i don't think that i've had you know like put your hands on me. I put my hands on you situation. Yeah. But I would say some of the, the bigger stare downs I've had have been with guys that I don't like, like a dominant Cruz. And then, uh, there's a guy way back in the day, uh, David, it was on a small organization back in the day. And I had heard even, this is before any kind of social media or anything I heard because he was in the, uh, the same athletic club as my high school girlfriend's dad. And there was in the locker room talking shit about me. And then that's how I heard about it. I love it. <laughs> and so, and so I was like, all right, motherfucker, you Feed the beef. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, let's go. And that was, that was back in 2004. But, uh, there hasn't been too much like, like, like actual contact. Do you look forward to them? Like, do you look forward to yes. that face to face moment? A hundred percent. Yeah. That's yeah. It's, it's, it's really, you know, it's like poking the bear, really, you know, and, and uh, the native kids used to go, you know, get some sort of uh, clout in the neighbor, in, in the in the village if they go and poke the bear and, and not die, you know, uh, and it's it's your opportunity to, to get in somebody's face and like, you know, you're going to fight this guy, but you can't hit him yet, you know, like, so, so I enjoy close. that. Yeah. Are you, I mean. are you a shit talker up there? Are you like silent stare down? I'm never a shit talker. No? Not, not, not unless I'm like saying something that I that I really feel and like it's it's genuine I don't do it to do it uh I but I will also I'll, I'll, I'll crack back or say how I feel absolutely yeah. but it's not like my 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 thing I'm getting hyped up like I'm is like, that, oh, is, I know, that right? is that like an unspoken rule that you can't punch the guy during the stare down yeah well okay look there's there's a this is another great clip for you guys to pull up there's a guy <laughs> we're going, we're going crazy to. horse uh not crazy horse Bennett Charles Bennett He's he's entertaining his own right. I actually fought him back in the day on Indian Casino. There's a guy, Crazy Horse, uh, that's a heavyweight fighter. And he's in Japan, and they get face to face, and this Japanese guy is all nervous and goes and kisses him on the lips. And the guy's from Texas, and he goes, he shakes his head like this and goes, boom, 
knocks oh. the guy out. Fight's over. Nobody gets paid. Oh. Nobody gets to watch him fight. Uh, like yeah, there's consequences. Yeah. That happens in a, in a, you know, say that, you know, plant got a detached retina or a retina because, because of that little thing. Sure. Fights off, careers off. Everybody loses millions of dollars. Got and, it. You know, and, and, and so there's, there's that at risk. And so that, there's like a, rule about that okay. for sure yeah because i always see some fighters that it gets a little aggressive face to face they do the shove but i don't really see a lot of punches ever really thrown oh they wrestle so i bit, always right? wondered yeah i remember yeah, like daniel cormier like they wrestled one time like, yeah 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 and yeah. mgm when they had like their stare down i didn't know if john jones, john jones at dc yeah I yeah that. yeah i didn't know if and daddy dana up, was like in the swing. back like hey if you hit this guy like i mean you get it though like can you imagine talking shit to each other for all time getting ready to fight and then coming face to face like yeah how you keep yourself away from wanting to just at that moment like go like that's it Right? Especially there's there's a lot of scenarios where there's there's real animosity and sometimes real history. Like the yeah. fight world is a small world. Sure. Girls, yeah, okay. the issue. Yeah. Fuck, things said about moms, like Canelo, I think he kind of misunderstood what motherfucker really means. <laughs> yeah. it's like, Canelo probably really said like like I'm sure Plant didn't go, a motherfucker is somebody that fucks moms and maybe their own mom and it's a real insult like no you just say hey what's up motherfucker yeah, yeah motherfucker yeah, yeah. Yeah. I say that like what's up motherfucker and, <laughs> yeah. and I was like you what you say my mother my mother you'll never mention my mother it's like well I didn't think I I don't think I was mentioning yeah, yeah right yeah you're so <laughs> right a word you're... you know like he's like mother no one mentions my mother it's like I don't think I think he was talking about all moms like you probably have one yeah, mother yeah, line sure. in the sand it's not, not at, at that moment Probably in the future, in the past, you know? someone's mom has been fucked. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Every mom has been fucked yeah. for sure, except yeah. for you know Adam and Eve, right? That's there you have go. a fact. There, no, it is. No. there you go. Adam and Eve, and then Mother Mary. Yeah, yeah. There you depending go. on what okay. you believe. There's receptors of the role. Yeah, two two girls have not been fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's insane. I mean, if you think about it, could you imagine how intense that would be? That's though? also a clip. If, That's also you, a clip. If you really rocked and like that hard with like being that upset at someone, and then it actually had to like keep your cool. That's impossible. Like yeah. it's actually impossible. It's impossible. And there's it's actually stuff happens with these girls, like girls in that world too. I mean, you you could have two guys that have a history with with females. That's weird, but For sure. that's age. You want to talk about the oldest things in the world? Issues with females and fighting. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Throw them in a cage. See what eating, happens. Eating and taking a crap. Those are the other two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Living and dying. Those are the six things. It's the six things. What? The Fighting over chicks. Chicks. Yeah. chicks. 100%. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I actually now yeah. thinking about. The thing? There's like a the thing. There's like a list of like all the world wars and like things that have ever happened because of women. Like yeah. people, guys fighting over chicks. Yeah. Facts. Females, man. Yeah. Now they're just profiting off females, of it. You know? man. For sure. Females. Is there like a written rule in the UFC where if you're the one who starts it, you have you take like a huge penalty and like the other guy gets paid or is it like no everything's off, no one gets money? I would like to think that there is, but at the end of the day, this is business. If the fight's not happening, 100%. then no one's making money. Yeah, no one's making money. And also, there's rules that are bent, you know. If a Conor McGregor does something versus a guy who's making his debut yeah, that ruins some stuff, but they can still make a ton of money off of Conor McGregor, they're going to find a way. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? They're going to fucking find a way. So uh, Makes sense. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, it's a fine line. They want to make money. It's a moving target. It's a moving target. Yeah, it's target. a moving target. Fair yeah. enough. Well, so by the way, you and Conor McGregor have had a lot of history. Where does your relationship stand with him now? We got a good relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a relationship is what it is. Like most of our communication is through Instagram and most of the time giving each other shit. But we have a good relationship. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Right. yeah. What do you think about his past few fights and what's what is upcoming for him possibly? Look, the one thing that people don't realize about Conor McGregor is. 
that guy is doing things that nobody's done before on a bunch of different levels, For including sure. winning a belt in a weight class and then going up to another weight class and winning a belt, including going up two weight classes and then fighting – you know, just calling his own shots and who he gets to fight, but he challenges himself. You yeah, know? for sure. There's been a few fights that that aren't challenging. Like it's it's like uh, you, you talk about Tyron Tyron Woodley, like oh he's lost this many fights, or Nick Diaz, he's lost this many fights, or he hasn't won a fight since this time. Well, Nick Diaz was fighting Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre in his in his prime, and uh, I forget who the other guy was in his prime. All like legitimate. Hall of legends, yeah. legends, yeah. and it's like, oh, he lost. Yeah, he lost decisions to some of the best guys on the planet. So, uh, people read into like a win and loss way too much in this sport. And Connor is still the biggest thing in the sport. Period. Yeah, and that's my take on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the level of success Connor has had as yeah. a fighter is on and the, takes, his own universe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a hundred percent. He takes chances. He takes he takes risks. He does yeah. what he needs to do to better his. His kind of persona. He's also right? the must-see. Hundred percent, yeah. But he's built for, that. He's built that. Who, he's built that. Who is the next must-see <clears throat> fighter you think in the UFC that could possibly rise to a Conor McGregor level? Well, that could possibly rise. I mean, you look, I, I think Sean O'Malley is a guy that yeah, that has that. Love Sean. We love and Sean. Sean's yeah. doing a lot of things that are really intelligent. That are some are instinctual, some are are, are strategic. Uh, he's got the it factor, which you don't get to choose, right? And, and some guys got lucky, sure, some guys sure. don't. You know? you don't yeah. yeah, and it's not it's not about looks, it's not about uh, personality or fighting. It's a it's different for every person. Like uh, Patty the Batty looks like Prince Pumperdink and like has <laughs> the people love him, man. Dude, he's the best. Him. And he and he and he literally like is catching you know his 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 fire and intensity. Like people like that. It's yeah, not because he's sure. really really cool. Sure, I mean maybe he's cool. I don't know, but. Like he's, he's just hitting. Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, uh, a Sean, Sean O'Malley, but he has to win. They can't be the one side only. Right. Yeah, you have to he's perform. Won. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cody Garbrandt has an opportunity to, to, to write the kind of path that's gone in the past. He's definitely has an undeniable star factor. And he's also one of the most dangerous fighters on the planet. He's cutting down a weight class. So we're going to see him, you know, have a refresh reset and possibly become a world champion again. So that's exciting. Uh, and then there's all these up and comers that that nobody knows yet. I've got a guy on my team, uh, well, two guys, Song Yidong, who, in the in the in the Chinese world, he was the number one thing in all of Chinese, uh, you know, social media, that, on his last fight, just on a win, right? He's had 300 million views on him walking out to the cage, right? So, uh, worldwide, who knows? I've got a guy, Slava Borshev, that nobody knows right now. We call him Slava Claus. He's got one of the most. He's got one of the most exciting styles on the planet, and he's a crack up. When it comes out in his Christmas hat, and he's like ho ho ho, and and just like lights people up. Like maybe set a record for body shots in his last fight, and he's not in the UFC yet. So the stars are gonna yeah they're gonna line. They're gonna happen. You know, it's exciting as fans. We're Israel. Israel is there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he's amazing, and he he. Is that guy on the other side? You know, you're talking about O'Malley with the personalities, and they have to win, right? Adesanya is so incredible in the ring, and it's like, what more can he do outside yeah. of the ring to really showcase his personality? And like, because he, I think he does. He does. Yeah, he does. He does. He got some real swagger. He yeah. dances, and it comes out For with unique sure. stuff. You know, uh, he got some famous homies too. He, you know, he, yeah, he's into the shit he's into, right? He doesn't like yeah, shouldn't call it a friend about. He's like, I love fucking anime. I do what I do. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. He's dope. Yeah, yeah. and then we got the Diaz brothers who are always big. They're always draw. Yeah. Yeah. Huge Because they're real. Yeah. Yeah. They are. They're real, yeah. you know? They're in the center. Um, I love it. Say. A lot of growth. 
A lot yeah, happening. It's incredible. Um, so let's go back a little bit. The Ultimate Fighter. That was obviously such a big component of, I think, the growth of UFC. And I think the, the um, accessibility from a fan standpoint of the entire sport. You had what was really going on behind the scenes of the Ultimate Fighter? Was all that drama really real? Was it is really important into the sport as we thought it was? What was that like for you? So, you mentioned Spike before, so I'm gonna give yeah. you guys. I don't know how much you know on the history, but I'm I'm like a connoisseur of the fight game, right? I, I know it all. Was a I've been there. Of Spike TV. Right? Oh, yeah. so, no, <laughs> like, oh. Spike. Spike was the last ditch effort from the Fertitta brothers, Dana, and and Frank and Lorenzo. To make this thing work, it was failing, and they bought time on Spike TV to hold their reality show. They didn't get picked up and bought whatever. They bought time on Spike to have this this Ultimate Fighter show, and that's what saved the organization. Lorenzo was just about to call it quits, forty million dollars in or whatever, and said, "You know what? Call Dana back one last shot at this thing. Let's do this TV TV show," and that's why. The Forrest Griffin is is a made man in the, in the sport. Right. Yeah. That that fight between him and Stefan Bonner was iconic. They 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 played at the beginning of every big event. Um, you know, it's the final piece that made sure the sport didn't die and it grew. So it's been a huge huge part of of the success of the UFC. And I've been on there multiple times. So there's one time I was there in 2010 or 11 with Dominic Cruz. The first ever live event was three months long, um, and then. Obviously, the one you're talking about is the Conor McGregor yeah. uh, experience, which was awesome. You know, Conor is the biggest star in the sport, and so, um, and he wasn't quite there yet, but it was like part of the vehicle getting him there. That was like 2016, 2017 ish area then, right? I don't think it was 2016. I retired in 2015. I retired in 2016, and um, so yeah, it's 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 really big. And and the biggest thing is how many champions in in keep players in the sport have come out of that world either you know yeah. just being on the show or becoming world champions you know uh rashad evans and yeah. um you know i mean the list goes on of all, all all the guys that that have come off of that show yeah we got mike matt mike mav who's who's most recently one of the guys that's that's having more of a, a bigger role i see him on commercials now and he's doing commentary and he's and he's moving to multiple weight classes and stuff but there's there's all sorts of guys that uh, have come out of that. And then it's a great showcase for the personality. Like fighting was a real brutal thing back in the day where it's like, these guys are no rules, no holds barred fighting in a cage, like animals. And like, and really that humanized the sport. And you're like, Oh, you've got this guy who was going to be a police officer, but now he's going to do this. And you've got this guy who's a family man. And this guy's got some mental issues and yeah. this guy has a drinking problem. And it's like, and they're all buddies, but they're going to beat the crap out of each other. It really, made you know the, the soap opera happen it was great it was yeah, great it was great tv yeah. it was like they would yeah. all live together so you get like the big brother kind of element it was how great interact yeah together. and the other part is too is like for somebody who wasn't familiar with what goes into a, a fighting match right all the yeah. training all the grappling learning different techniques whatever it gave us a kind of a front row view to like this there's so much that goes into and the competition this sport. yeah for the sure. competition is just like you just don't realize what it takes to really get in there as a one v one sport. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And and you guys, you guys were talking about how great it feels to have football back. You know, real football fans a lot of times like to like to watch the college the college matches because it's like the college players 
are in it for real. Like, sure. Yeah. You, sometimes you see the best football in the college level because they're there for the right reasons and they're young, hungry talent. They're trying to stand out. And that's the same scenario right. with, with a, a show like that. Haven't yeah. made it yet, but really trying to dream. Yeah. Dreams yeah. are so close. That's trying the opportunity. To get it. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. I think Absolutely. the, it opened it up and especially that was like that perfect storm of reality TV when it first started. 100%. Yeah. Right. Whereas in social media really hadn't any, everyone was watching these. Isn't big that weird how new shows. social media is? Yeah. If you think how about fucking, it, it really is. How, how great has it made things and how fucked up has it made things? In like I mean, five oh years. My gosh. <laughs> like it gave everyone years. a voice. Yeah. It changed yeah. everything. I mean, look, guys that can never get laid a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I don't care what you're going to find somebody else. The, like in a drop of a hat like I, I see these young guys and I'm like you know luckily I'm not in that that game and have never been part of that because I'm I'm older and wiser at this yeah, point yeah. but look I'm I'm dealing with these kids who like they go anywhere in the world and, and find a, a piece of ass I'm like just at the drop of a hat I mean Swipe how right. weird is that yeah these <laughs> gamer kids these TikTok guys the YouTube little kids they're yeah. crushing it's it. unreal yeah. do you think it helped UFC obviously in a major way the social media impact of it I think it's helped everything, everything and yeah, it's also it's, hurt a lot of things. The thing that's hurt are our, our kids. Sure, yeah. sure. It, it's hurt kids and people that that already are are having you know issues with self confidence and that Absolutely. kind of thing because the, the the mortality rate the, the the suicide rate for kids like under the age of ten and like there's some real weird things happening when you have a a vehicle to talk shit or make break someone down without a real consequence. 100%. In my day, you want to say something to my face. You had to actually come, you can come to my yeah. face. Yeah. You could crank call me. That's fine. But if I know who you are and we see each other, it's on your house. Right. Yeah. I don't recommend that by the way. Yeah. 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 You get some hands. Stupid move. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it, it's changed a lot. It, it's really weird. And it's, it's cool in a lot of ways. It's, good for business but it's it's in a lot of ways bad for people do you wish you'd had it earlier no in your career are you glad you didn't no i literally i was at uc davis in college and i my dad had a uh had bought me no he hadn't bought me a page yet i had no phone except for our, our house phone like you pick it up 2002 2000 <laughs> yeah, you, you know, have to explain it it was on right. your wall you don't everything else and so my dad could never get a hold of me so he got me a pager and i was like pop i'm not gonna have a pager man i'm <laughs> yeah. not wearing a pager I, I need to get a hold of you i can't i can't get a hold of you you know we didn't pay our phone bill so like the phone doesn't even work at our house he can't get a hold of me so then he bought me a <laughs> cell phone i'm like i don't want this freaking cell phone yeah. now i'm like addicted to the freaking phone yeah, sure, sure. yeah you have and an apple watch on now now you're yeah, now connected in every way you know yeah so i'm like i'm literally like like i wish it never would have happened but at the same time it, it makes life so much easier yeah for definitely, sure yeah definitely i mean it's a good transition yeah not going anywhere that's for damn sure it's only gonna no, get worse it's, worse. it's, it's only gonna get worse uh obviously between the ultimate fighter and your time in the ufc and just in this world for so long and you're in the podcast world now uh joe rogan do you have a great story with joe rogan how's your relationship with him Man, I, it's a really good relationship. Great. Actually, he was just out in Sacramento, and uh, um, I didn't want to bug him for tickets. And I, I posted something. And he's like, "Bro, just hit me up when you want tickets." And I'm like, "I've been the guy where everyone and their mom's coming at me for tickets." <laughs> sure, so yeah. I'm like, I'm not doing that, you know. But but uh, it's really good. And, and I've been on a show a couple of times. The first time I was on a show, it was in this little office back in the day, and I, I can divulge divulge some stuff about um, my family, my brother, and he's like. Bro, because my brother had a had a breakdown at one point, you know. And he's like, "Are you scared that's gonna happen to you?" 
No. Yeah. Not, yeah. But thanks for that. Thanks for bringing yeah. it up, man. Yeah. That's good. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I think Joe Rogan is – there's another scenario where he was talking about buying our team, my, my team. He really liked our team and, and liked the way it was put together. And uh, him and the guys from On It were talking about purchasing the team. And at the time, it just was – you know, it wasn't, it wasn't something that was going to happen, et cetera. And uh, we had a conversation about that because, you know, when <clears throat> he – they were talking about buying it and it didn't happen. And then he's doing commentary. And I didn't like something he said. And I'm like, Hey bro. And I, you know, like, like, Hey, why would you say that? And like, hope it's not because of this. And he's like, and we just had a conversation one-on-one as, as you yeah. would have in the old days. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's like, bro, he goes, you know, the reason I have F you money is so I don't have to worry about anything for money. He goes, I would never do something because of this or that. And so right. I've always taken him as a real genuine guy that is a, uh, good head on his shoulders, fucking hilarious, and I like that he doesn't pull any punches. His comedy show the other day was hilarious. He's got no filter. Hilarious. It's good. I, I haven't seen his stand-up. Have you in live? <clears throat> no, the last one it was here. Was yeah, it like a month ago. Or yeah, something? with Chappelle. Yeah, no, I didn't go. Dude, it was funny. He touched some some on some really funny subjects. They wouldn't let us bring our phones in. Anybody in the of whole course. arena? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got. I have mine in there. There you go. There, 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 there you go. Okay. Pull well, you know strings. people. Pull some strings. <laughs> but uh, but. His stuff with I won't I won't tell all his funny jokes, but it was pretty fucking honey. No, that's awesome. I mean, Joe Rogan I think was a huge component. I think the UFC just spread its its like wings across so many different avenues, and Joe Rogan became just a huge ambassador for the UFC yeah. over time. He was I a saw him. Yeah, it was Dana yeah. and him. Yeah, right. For, yeah, for the most part. And he got emotional when he was talking about the role that the UFC's had in his life. It's been mutually like impactful. I mean, that guy is a is is loaded. He gets to do whatever he wants. He's literally uh, watching a sport that he's like truly passionate about, making people laugh. Gets to make his own schedule. You know, meets the coolest people. I mean, he he's rubbed shoulders with the most influential, powerful people on the planet. No question, insane podcast, yeah. which is awesome. No yeah. question, the most ridiculous podcast story of all time. He just yeah. became the synonymous with podcasting. And then in general. He does what yeah. he wants. He'll get you uh, to listen for three hours. Yeah, it's, nothing. Yeah. It's wild. It's. it's it's funny because uh, I sent this to my buddy uh, the other day, and it's uh, I got a pitch. There's something called uh, flow wrestling, flow grappling. They have all these different flows that is is like a big company now. And my buddy uh, Martin Floriani was the one that started it, and he was trying to explain it to me. He just got back from Europe, lost his phone, and was like barely had any clothes. And he's like, I got this idea, blah blah blah, and he gave me a pitch deck. And I found it in my garage the other day, and it was it was like a pitch deck, and he's like a podcast. A podcast is the future of and like explaining what a podcast is, and this is what's going to happen, and blah blah. And I was like, dude, this is so wild how new like the world is to all these things that are changing. Sure, you know, for sure, it's crazy. I sent a picture to him. I'm like, I just found this like where you're explaining me what a podcast. And Joe Rogan pretty much invented (laughs) it. You know what I mean? Like, unbelievable. Uh, If if Dana White and Joe Rogan got into an octagon, who who's coming out on top? Rogan. Yeah. Ooh. Well, Dana Dana would have the advantage. Well, I don't know if he'd have the advantage on hands because because Rogan is a traditional martial artist, and I've seen him like kick and hit the bag and whatnot. And Dana's a traditional boxer, so Rogan's just more well rounded. Yeah, equally as takes the ground. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah, both yeah. doing oh it God. for sure. I would not like to see a headbutt between those two big old noggins. <laughs> 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 
Talk about a fucking collision. Most classic bald head, bald head, uh, like complete nose knockout. Unreal. Um, I love that. By the way, a fight that we would all love to see. Hey, Dana, I'll put it together. If you need need a good promoter, I'll put this together. I've got my matchmakers here. Let's go. We got the promotion under it. We got a great... Uh, you know, place to promote it right here on this podcast. We have it ready to rock. Let's <laughs> yeah. make it happen. No problem. God, talk about just added entertainment to Vegas. Put it, oh, put yeah. it on here. Imagine, oh my goodness. Um, obviously the UFC career for you has been incredible. Uh, what did getting inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame mean to you? What was that like? Man, it was really a trip because uh, you don't when you're nose to the grindstone and you're just doing like my life is pretty simple. It's at my house, at the gym. If I travel, most of the time it's for a, an obligation, which I love anyway. So it's like, all seems like fun, right? But you don't like wake up and like, hey, what have I done thus far? And yeah. what do I mean in the sport? And like, you know, what? You know, you don't like do that. You don't take time to smell the roses. Yeah. And so when they put you in as a first, first generation Hall of Famer, and I'm literally there getting inducted with people that I was looking up to. And, and sometimes like George St. Pierre just got inducted into the hall of fame, uh, after me, which is, which is crazy. And, and like, uh, you know, I was there with, with, uh, Don Fry who, man, I remember, you know, being a huge fan of Don Fry. If you ever see him, you know, beating the crap, one of the most legendary fights of all time. And, and, uh, just being in the presence of those guys and realizing like, man, I've, I've like, been here a long time. It's a new sport, but I'm I'm like one of the, the the people that's being celebrated for it. It's a really good feeling, and and I appreciate you know the respect. It's a huge accomplishment, man. Yeah, it's like yeah. and well deserved, definitely well deserved. Thank you. For yeah, sure. I mean that's the pinnacle. I think of every sport. You know, afterwards, once you see it, like you said, and you have a chance to reflect back, like okay, well how how am I involved in this sport in its past, its present, its future? Right. And that's been, I yeah. guess, yeah, immortalized yeah, I mean, now for you forever. Yeah, absolutely, and and. You know, and, and I told kind of the backstory of the WC that I really was at the time of the WC, there was no weight class for me in the UFC. By the time I they started the UFC, I was 31, almost 32 years old once I was into the UFC. And and I've been a guy, you know, that prides himself on natural everything, health, uh, and realizing all the friggin' PED heads out there that I went through in, in – and was at a time, and BJ Penn just posted something about this. He's another guy that would never do it. And the Diaz brothers would never do it. But I was unaware of how many people cheat out there. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I did what I did. I had 46 fights in this short period of time. And then I look back at some of the other guys where I'm like, some of my peers in that group. And I've got a lot more fights than guys that started way after me. You know, yeah. 46 fights versus you know, even like a Tito Ortiz or um, a BJ Penn. You know, I, BJ Penn's have like 30 fights. And and I'm like, these are guys that I was looking up to. Right. And I just went friggin' threw myself in the fire for 15 years and just went for it's it. It's crazy. You know? So it's it's cool to to take a look back and go like, wow, I was a part of this whole thing. I remember staying here. That's so many fights, man. Yeah. yeah. And I you remember, built the weight class in the UFC, basically. <clears throat> yeah, and I and I, you know, Ronda Rousey had the had the honor of 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 being in the in the role of being somebody that was able to put something new on the map yeah it only happens because the sport was so young for sure and so i i'm appreciative of that on a lucky standpoint but i was here this is this is funny actually i was here i had a buddy lou who's who's passed away as of now uh we call him lou on the beach i love your nicknames yeah, thank you, you. Have great nicknames. Yeah, great thank nicknames you. thank you <laughs> Lou on the beach uh and 
he had somehow got in with Randy Couture and Randy is down down to earth guy. So he's like, Hey, we're gonna go to 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 the fight and stay with me with Randy Couture and I go, All right, this is when Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz are fighting oh, each other. Monsters. And they're uh you know, it's in two thousand four, I think. And so I'm in a room with Dana White. I mean not with Dana White, with with Randy Couture. He allows Everybody, we're all out. There's two beds. There's four people on the floor. Randy's in there. He's the world champion at the time and like the the biggest star in the sport. And uh, I have my high school girlfriend who flies out and she's in the friggin' room with us. And everybody's snoring. It's like it's, it's a crazy thing. Then the the Chuck and uh, Chuck and Tito thing happened. And I and I go and I train with uh, Dan Henderson. This is 2004. We're all in the in the downstairs room rolling, and he's like, "Bro, you know." Your jujitsu is terrible. And I'm like, well, I said, oh, you got a lot of weight on me, you know. He's like, yeah, but Javier Mendez, he's, 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 uh, you know, or Javier Vasquez, he's smaller and his jujitsu is good. I'm like, well, fuck, I just started, you know. Like, I'm, I'm remembering all these fucking memories of being in this hotel, having these iconic things happen, and I was like a nobody at the time. Right. To have it come full circle and be in the talks with those guys is really kind of surreal. In the Hall of Fame. So yeah. You went from yeah. being in a room with 15 dudes on the floor, right? Yeah, yeah. To the Hall of Fame is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but at that time, it was like... Just do whatever um, it took what, to be in the sport, right? Yeah, you know? And, well, what's the chances of now, let's say, uh, uh, on, a, on a high level, Conor McGregor's the level of Randy Couture in retrospect of popularity in the sport at its, at its, at its time? Yeah. I mean... How many random people are going to go get to stay with Conor McGregor, have their high school girlfriend? Zero. Yeah. It was just the sport has just changed so fucking much, and it's really cool to have been a part of all that, you know? For Especially sure. building it, man. I mean, people now coming to the UFC is the UFC, but at that time, right, you were part of just the journey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Which is crazy, And there's man. no money involved. Like, you had to be delusional to be like, I'm going to do this as a career, especially as a college <laughs> Yeah, graduate. there was no right? money. There was zero money. Like, Wait, what are you doing? Like, what? You're fighting on any casino, like, why? Oh, it sounded like fun. Yeah. <laughs> and like you had said, going back before the UFC was supposed to or should have failed numerous times. Right. And I think I read somewhere that I think Dana White maybe had, had found the deal or brought the deal to the table to the Fertitas who yeah. backed it. I want to say the number was maybe $2 million, around $2, million, $2 and million. They, they sold it for $4 billion. Yep. That must, that's got to be insane. Well, that's a credit, and I've had the, the privilege of – of uh, becoming friends with Lorenzo, who is one of the most down-to-earth guys, but on top of that, billionaires on the planet, an amazing dad and everything else. And uh, when he was out, he was out coaching his kids' uh, football team. Yeah. And they're doing a camp out in Sac State. And I hit him up, and I have a business group that I'm a part of, and, and I asked him to come speak to our group. So he came over, made time to speak to my business group, and there's no accident on the success that guy knows exactly sure, what he's doing. Sure. He's educated, intelligent, has great resources and great instincts. And he built that thing. I mean, it's awesome. literally, and with, with a guy like Dana, you know, he talked about Dana's intuition and, and street hustle and, and, and the, the passion behind it is big. Cause there's a lot of people with money out there. There's a lot of people that like fighting. There's a lot of people that know business, but, you got to find that perfect storm to do what they did, and they did it. So I'm, I'm always grateful for that. Absolutely. Do you think they regret selling when they did? Because arguably, I would say the UFC is now larger than it was when they sold and worth way more. 
Absolutely not. Yeah, no, that's no. a ridiculous and, and, and number. I, and I know Lorenzo, and Dana's actually told me the story, and I'm not going to say the exact story why, but he's like, this is exactly what happened where Lorenzo said, you're basically waiting for a fighter. Flew to a different country. We're waiting for a fighter for 16 hours, and Lorenzo's a very accomplished guy, yep. sure. a billionaire, and he's, and he's also a fan of the sport, and he just felt, I think, just like – this is not getting fun for me, being fun for me. And, and he called right there and said, I'm going to, uh, he's like, I'm going to sell the company. Time to sell. There and, it is. And, and I doubt that he has any regrets. For sure. So I still talk to Lorenzo and he loves, he stays up to date on stuff. He'll on occasionally be like, who you got in this? And we both picked wrong that same night, but, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, Hey, fuck, it. what do we know? He's like, yeah. What oh, what do we know? <laughs> I thought we knew everything, we but apparently not. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That's crazy. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Do you bet on a lot of fights? Do you gamble at all? Sports bet? I have bet on fights multiple times and four different times because I'm not super motivated by money. Strangely, even though I'm, I feel like I'm a decent business guy, uh, I've been very minimal to bet, and I always forget to go to the thing and get the money. I had a you just a leave fight. it. We got to get you an app, man. Really, yeah, yeah, we got to yeah, get you the app. Fuck. This is yeah. There you go. There was no apps for, yeah. for this at this time. Yeah. So I'm literally the last one I, I bet on was Rampage. Jackson. Oh, wow. That was a while Jackson. ago. Okay. Jesus. Uh, like, against, I can't remember. Rashad Evans? Chuck Liddell. I can't remember oh, who yeah. it was. But, uh, and I can't remember who won, who lost. But I remember I won, and I had the thing pinned on my wall at my house for like nine months. And I finally <laughs> just, or like, not yet, nine months. And I finally just kept forgetting to bring it with me. And I just did never picked up my chair. That's right, 200 bucks. bucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 200 bucks. Yeah. Just gone today. Big yeah. So I'm not huge on, on uh, selling. Yeah. I mean, on betting. Um, as we're all fans, obviously. And I think we have like this perception of it from our view and love to hear yours, you know, from what we think, uh, which we can't, I, get, I think, identify with. Probably the most intense part of combat sports in general is cutting weight. Yes. Is, do you remember your most challenging cut? Yeah, I mean, there there's a lot of challenging cuts. There was one <clears throat> where the UFC had implemented uh, a fan experience going on where, you know, they're always finding ways to up, upgrade and upcharge, right? And so they've got all these people that paid top dollar to come backstage and meet the fighters and everything. And the people that run these shows are, are, are friends of mine, like Reed, Reed Harris and, and, you know, all the guys that, <clears throat> you know, you, you build relationships with. So you want to do them a favor and help them do their job. And so I'm sitting there cutting weight <clears throat> and I look like I go from Skeletor. Then 14 later, 14 hours later, I look like He-Man, right? I'm like, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're like, Hey, can you meet these people and blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, sure. They get up. And I literally go to shake the first person's hand and my lower back just cramps up and freezes. Like, oh. uh, I'm like, going, uh, uh, it takes my breath away everything else and i and i try to tough it through and i go hey man i'm fucking i can't really shake hands right now oh like i'm dying <laughs> yeah like my body is like not okay with me shaking hands right now so <laughs> i've had some rough ones and uh i've had points where before the the trifecta nutrition got put in uh which is a great company i don't know if you guys know about trifecta yeah nutrition. for sure jay cutler we did we yeah, had the, him on the, the meal show, prep yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. literally came up with a whole program for the for the UFC and protocol and and, and top of the UFC PI and and all their 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 knowledge there they've got some great people that run that started getting people really dialed in and I knew the science of it but 
like the real science of it's different than me being kind of educated. It's helped out a lot. It's How awesome. drastic of a weight cut did you like? Did you ever have to do? So, the heaviest towards the end of my career was you know coming out of season 162 pounds, and then getting into uh, practice and sitting around you know so 162, 163 pounds in good shape. And then gutting down to 135 pounds. Oh, that's so much weight. That's a so, lot. That's so much weight. In what period of time? Around. That would be a camp. So you'd be probably about nine nine weeks. Nine weeks? Nine, yeah. And then, pounds. But the bulk of it's done the last couple weeks when you yeah. do it properly because you do the water cut and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you get yourself into fight shape, which means eating a little bit less, eating a little smarter. You get, you know, the regimen squared away. I go from like 62 to like a 55 consistently. Then from 55, you're hitting 51, and then you're hitting 48 on occasion when it gets closer, and then you're going back up to 53, 54. Then the real cut is like the last two weeks, and then really the last week where you're cutting like 15 to 16, 17 pounds. Oh, in a week? Yeah, a week sometimes. Oh, my God. And that's days. is that just for the weigh-in? Yeah. yeah. And then after the weigh-in, you can eat whatever Rehydrate. you want to gain, however much weight you want? Yeah. What's the weight gain? In 14 like? hours, right? Uh Back up to, I've been up as heavy as 57, 56. So you're up like 20 pounds in like Sometimes, 48 yeah. hours. Between 17 to 22 pounds. What are you eating? That was, that's, that's crazy. for me. <clears throat> well, you have to baby step feeding yourself at first. You yeah, your body will get shocked. You yeah. have to drink a lot of stuff with salt, sodium, and potassium. They, they make it up for you. And then uh, eat whatever I really want, like I'm craving at that time. And then... It takes about 12 hours to start feeling normal again, and then you go have a big meal once your body's settled back in. It's just a crazy process, it's man. It's wild. I could never. It's, it's just such wild. a crazy process. I could that, never. Yeah. That last week is, is I mean, you just have, that's that's a lifetime of training last for week, that. But the last couple pounds, that's the real hard part. Just horrendous. That's your like, Ugh. It's a skeletor. Yeah. <laughs> Super no, yeah. I, I did a post like way back in the day of like, me, skeletor, me, he, man, and like, like, Within a day's time, it's like, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. crazy. crazy, dude. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's sick, man. I, my dad was a wrestler, and he used to tell me stories about his cuts, and it just like it was. And it's way, way, way back yeah. in the day when they had zero oversight. Probably even worse back then. Yeah, I mean, actually, when I was a college wrestler, my first year in college was the first time they implemented um, the regulations for for weight. And uh, it was because the year prior, seven people had died cutting weight. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, that's just scary. way. Yeah, scary. That's so yeah, insane. Really scary. Yeah. Um, another boxing question for you. Everyone in the fighting community has an opinion on this new influencer boxing <laughs> craze. Yeah. What do you think about Jake Paul and how he's changed boxing recently? I really think it's great. Here's, here's what people don't understand because people forget, which is so funny and weird, People forget that we're all humans, right? The difference between a boxing human and an influencer human is not much, right? And so when somebody decides and they're able-bodied and able-minded and dead set on something, they're going to do something, especially a 21 to 22 or 23-year-old, which is, by the way, the age I started fighting was 23, almost 24, like everything else is equal. What do you have up here? What do you have in here? What do you have with your work ethic? What do you have on your natural ability and God-given talent? <clears throat> and so people forget about that. And they're like, oh, he's this box? How is he going to do this? It's like, this is a fucking kid that 
and his brother, I know Logan, they're like extremely accomplished in their one little area, mm-hmm. right? Which is, you know, kind of meathead dudes that have become, you know, heel influencers and creative, creative, uh, you know, content producer creators and also having success from BFE Ohio in the entertainment world, yeah. like getting it's on wild. Disney. Yeah. That's really, really hard stuff to do. Yeah. So you take that same mindset and self-belief and then you add in some a mean streak and a chip on your shoulder and a work ethic and, and then the money to hire the best resources on the planet. You got yourself a fighter, like for sure. plain and simple. And then they're really strategic on things. They're, they're, they're picking like the sure thing. Like of course. They're, sack, they're sacking things in their favor and then they're like – Somehow it's been okay for them to fight like huge weight discrepancies, and so I think insane weight discrepancies. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's 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 great because uh, it is reviving the sport a little bit, and and it's creating competition, which is great for business of the fighter, like everywhere. Like yeah. there's options out there and big options with this with equal as much clout and equal as much cash, and uh, probably not as much self-satisfaction if you really look at it the ufc is the nfl top dog of the world when it comes to to the fight game but the average guy doesn't know you know the fight game from the hole in the wall for sure you get to when you have the microphone you get to to tell the story yeah and right now jake paul and logan paul they have the microphone but it's not just that they also want it they also are passionate about it they also are fucking big mean guys with with some natural gifts. Like those guys wrestled. I, I, I know they wrestled in, in, in Ohio, yeah. you know, top six. Uh, I, I said top six for Logan. I know he's, it was number five Logan, but, uh, in the state of Ohio, which is one of the top States wrestling's the toughest sport in the world. If you ask me, so, you know, you're dealing with real guys and they're, and they're taking it serious. So I think it's great. Did you watch the Jake, uh, Tyron Woodley fight? I watched, I was in Disneyland with my kids for the first time with Rob Deirdrich. Okay, cool. And so I was like literally got out of the mess. My kids were throwing up and, and everything else and got to the last four rounds, the three rounds of the fight. Nice. And I watched that last three rounds. What did, you, did you think it was a, a Jake win? I just saw the last three rounds. Yeah. The last three rounds I saw looked like Tyron. Yeah. But I didn't, but I guess that he was, he won the fight, you know? It's crazy. It's it's we were talking about must see TV. Like now everyone just wants to tune in no matter who they both of them who they're yeah. fighting. I mean, Logan Paul yeah. went from fighting a YouTuber to fighting Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, take oh, yeah. my fifty bucks. What an ins- yeah, take immediately. Yeah. Auto pay. Yeah. I'll I'll buy it. He did sure. pretty good. He did. He did amazing. Yeah. I think for fighting think, Floyd Mayweather, for God's sake. For what yeah. the, for what they're doing too, right? It's they're putting in the work and no matter what, if you like them or you dislike them, you're gonna pay them pay the fifty bucks. Yeah, I'll right? pay you it. Wanna, yeah. You'll pay if you want to yeah. see them lose, or you pay because yeah. you want. We're talking see about personalities, driving it's all, sales. It's all period. That That's it. Yeah, and, and, they, and they they're they've got a big good business sense, especially Logan. Um, I don't know Jake. I know Logan fairly well. Um, they got a good business sense, and they, it seems like they're surrounding themselves with the right people. Yeah, can't moving to Puerto Rico just to train. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. There's big taxes and, and taxes. Yeah, let's not leave out the taxes. That's like the one loophole right now. Yeah, for sure. And then um. Another thing, you own Alpha Male Gym, which has produced three different UFC champions. What is like going from coach or from fighter to coach and trainer? Um, well, you know, I've always been doing kind of both. I, I started the, the the gym and the team before anybody knew who I was. 2000, yeah. 2004, I started the team. In 2005, six, I started the gym. And so, uh, you know, I've always 
worn a lot of different hats and it's really it's really cool to be a part of people's journey to utilize my not only my knowledge as a fighter but <clears throat> in business and marketing my relationships with the UFC which I've built yeah. uh, to help guys realize their dreams and I and I wrote a book 2011 and I was a young guy for writing a book about inspiration and, and that kind of thing but I talk about building a who's who network and that's the coolest thing like it's one thing for me to go in and, and like and you see those people all the time that oh who's that oh oh Who's like go meet him? It's like I build my own who's who network all the time. I'm doing it in entertainment. I've done it in the fight game. You know, nobody knew who Joseph Benavides was. He was working my front desk and mopping the mats and teaching kids classes. And Chad Mendez was a high school kid that that uh, I recruited as a college recruiter when I was working at UC Davis. And um, you know, a Mark Munoz. You know, he and I were oh. working together coaching. And he was in the corner for my first fight three years before he ever fought. Uh, and the list goes on. Cody Garbrandt, TJ Dillashaw. Like, these are guys that are my who's who network of people. Like, yeah, I know that, dude. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't just know that guy. I don't want to just go meet him. Like, I help build them. They help build me. And now that's a real fucking network. Sure. Yeah. You know? awesome. And I love that that kind of feeling, and I want to keep doing it. Yeah, next step, really. You yeah. Know, that's a perfect graduation from where you're at to being yeah. synonymous with the sport and continuing yeah. in it. You know what and, I mean? And I just had a meeting with Shelby. They're still trying to get me to do a fight, which I'm not opposed to. I'm, I'm, I feel great. Let's go. Yeah. Maybe one more. We'll see. It's been, it's been a little time because of COVID, the babies, but uh, we, you'll yeah, be a co-main event with Joe Rogan, see. Dana White. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's right. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. No problem. I'm we a. just need a date now. T-Mobile Arena. We'll get him on the phone <laughs> after yeah. this. Call Dana and, uh, and, and, and see if Rogan's in for that. So let's negotiate that. Let's go. We'll get on it. My man, this was an awesome episode. We appreciate you coming by. Uh, guys, make sure you check out everything your eye favor is doing at the residency pod on Instagram. We appreciate we appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. Later, guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, yeah. man. Appreciate it.